Welcome to Great Aspirations, Wellspire Advisors podcast series on life, wellness, and financial advice. Each episode shares the experiences of extraordinary people whose stories inspire others to think big, find balance, and explore the possibilities of achieving health, wealth, and happiness. And now here's your host, the CEO of Wellspire Advisors, Michael Lamena. Welcome to the latest episode of season one of Wellspire Advisors podcast, Great Aspirations. For those who may not have tuned into our previous episodes of season one of Great Aspirations, it's all about game changers, where we're featuring talented and accomplished women from Wellspire who, through their thoughts, actions, and leadership, have truly changed the game. The stories of the amazing women we're highlighting are compelling, textured, and thought provoking. And they remind us to think big, act boldly, and be the change we want to see in our industry and more broadly, our world. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of having Rachel Haberman as my guest. Rachel is a senior advisor associate in Wellspire's Madison, Wisconsin office. Day to day, she's providing advisors and clients with enhanced level of support in all aspects of client service, from assisting with portfolio management the construction to building of deep, comprehensive financial plans for clients. Rachel loves providing unbelievable service to clients on a daily basis and is truly passionate about it. Um, Rachel transitioned uh, from a career in education to wealth management and and her passion for promoting client education and fostering great financial literacy is evident in all of her client interactions. Rachel, Welcome to the podcast. It's awesome to have you on board today. Hi, Mike. Thank you. Good to be here. So, Rachel, your journey to becoming an advisor is truly an inspiring one and definitely speaks to something that I can relate to and that we both have roots that started with a desire to be involved in, in education. And we both managed to pivot to financial services and find you know, very rewarding, robust careers in wealth management. So you joined one of Wellspire's predecessor organizations, Broffman Rothschild, in 2015 with an English degree and an original goal of becoming a teacher. I similarly graduated with an English degree, did a year of volunteer work as a teacher before shifting into financial services. Walk me through your journey and how that evolution occurred. Growing up, I was always interested in a lot of things and intensely curious. And I think part of that is I'm just a clone of my dad. He's a farmer. And if you know any farmers, they have to be a jack of all trades. They have to be an electrician. They have to be a plumber. They have to be a mechanic. And so I grew up just around somebody that could do all those things and was interested in them. And you know, dad would come home from a long day of solving problems and he would grab an encyclopedia off the shelf in our living room and just start reading it. Like he just had this insatiable desire to learn. And I think I, I think I, you know, gravitated toward that. But you and I have talked about this before, Mike, that when you're a kid, the options for careers are like, you can be a firefighter, you can be a teacher, (laughs) you can be a police officer, or like an astronaut. I'm like, okay, I guess maybe I'll be a teacher. I don't know. Like, I didn't know what was out there. I didn't know you could work in finance. Um, And it took me a while to declare a major when I was in college, but eventually I settled on English education because I enjoyed my English classes and I enjoy working with kids. So I felt like that was a natural fit. 
Um, fast forward a few years, I graduated college in 2009, which turns out wasn't exactly the best time to enter the workforce. Um, a little tra- financial crisis, right? <laughs> right. So there were no teaching jobs to be had. There weren't even substitute teaching jobs to be had um, back home where I was. So shortly thereafter, I moved from Illinois to Wisconsin and I didn't end up pursuing steps to transfer my teaching license. And so I was just working some regular jobs, just just waitressing. Um, I sort of used my degree for a little while as a daycare teacher. And then eventually I found my way to working as an executive assistant at a startup software company. And it was definitely one of those Silicon Valley types uh, where we had a kegerator, we had a shuffleboard table, <laughs> we had arcade games. I'm pretty sure 90% of the company was under age 40. And so for like a 20 something year old, that was a dream job. It was really fun. And, but after a few years working there, I kind of had, you know, gotten bored and was ready for something bigger. And in the process of updating my resume around the same time, a corporate recruiter reached out from Bronfman Rothschild. And I had never heard of Bronfman Rothschild before. So I did a little research and I was like, well, this sounds like exactly the opposite of what I want to do. Like, it sounds really stuffy and it doesn't look like they have a kegerator. Like, I don't know, like this doesn't look like what I want, but I'll go in and I'll just get some interview practice. So that way I can like, you know, not be so rusty for a real interview. But in the interview process, I started to realize like this, this firm is not the stuffy banking atmosphere. You know, there were a lot of women working here and young people and they were just like me. And one of my dear friends, Jamie, who never beats around the bush, when I was talking to her about this job opportunity, she was like, Rachel, you've been underemployed your whole life which at the time was not enjoyable to hear, but I took a step back and thought about it. And I was like, you know, you're right. Like I, I haven't really been pushing myself. I could do more. And I knew nothing, nothing about finance. And she was like, this will be a stretch for you. Like you should, you should do it. So I accepted the job and fortunately I quickly got to start working directly with clients, which changed the game. Like that was when I was really engaged with my work was when I got to sit in client meetings, when I got to email with them, when I got to give them a phone call. And it just made all the work that I was doing, I was doing it for someone, you know, the end client was sitting in front of me. Yeah, and, that tangible element is something yeah. I don't think a lot of people appreciate. You know, they talk about the why when you're sitting across the table from somebody understanding their hopes, their dreams, their fears, translating technical expertise into a plan that helps them achieve what matters most to them. I mean, I I think of few things that are more tangible and real, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so addicting to make people happy. Like, you know, you go to bed at night and you're like, I just like made that person's day. And I realized quickly that I wasn't dreading Monday mornings. You know, it was like a joy to get up and go to work. And a few years later, the firm made the wise decision to require that all client-facing staff get licensed with the Series 65. And at that time in my life, I had a newborn at home and, you know, I was obviously still working full-time at my regular job. So studying on top of it and taking a, a major financial exam over material, I had never, you know, I didn't take any finance classes in college, I didn't take econ classes. So I was like, how am I going to pass this test? And 
I had conversations with my husband at the time of like, I don't know if I can do this. And, but we talked about it and it was like, no, this is what I want to do. And I'm going to buckle down. I'm going to study for this. And I did and passed it. And I feel like that was really the turning point of when I started using the word career. I think that's great, right? So you you actually take an interview with minimal to zero expectations, right? This is just going to be interview practice. Yeah. And then you're you're intrigued. And then I, I go back to some of the themes that you highlighted with your father, that relentless intellectual curiosity and that desire to solve problems. A, a couple of things that I've found to be really engaging in wealth management and, and specifically the deep financial planning work we do is... One, it's always different. Every client is different. Every day is different. Our our industry is about breadth, right? It's not about being the most knowledgeable person who has deep expertise in fixed income securities. You have to touch on all aspects of financial services. So for somebody who's intellectually curious, there's a constant opportunity to learn, grow, develop, research, become an expert, use that as a, a tool to deliver value. And then the second thing, we're in the business of solving problems and you know creating opportunities, right? We listen to clients. We understand what matters most to them. Is there a challenge they're dealing with? Is there a question they have they don't know how to solve? So it feels to me like once you get into this ecosphere, those common themes that you talked about, you know, seeing your father and and you know appreciating in him actually blossom in someone like you. Is that fair? Oh yeah, absolutely. And just that the curiosity of like, well, why does it work like that? You know, why would this impact this client if we made this decision? And if I do this, does that change their taxes? Does that change their Medicare premiums? And just digging into all of it, it's it's a tunnel that you can like get really lost in and it's fun. That's great. So so you gave me a little bit of insight um, when you when you decided to kind of pivot your career, right? And and shift from you know working in a certain capacity in a startup, you know where you had had prior to that some interest in pursuing education to get into financial services. You, you shared that you had a, a friend who was blunt and in, in, in <laughs> feedback relative to you being underemployed, and and the 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 target should be higher and you can do more. I love that. We need people like that in our lives. <laughs> but you know, overall, you know, tell me about that shift. Did you feel supported? My friends and family, did they get it? Was there some, it sounds like at least one individual is like, Rachel, you can do more and this is going to push you and challenge you, get you outside your comfort zone. And we know growth occurs when you're outside your comfort zone. What else did you experience from friends and family as you started to make that career shift? Yeah. Uh, well, my husband and I come from pretty humble beginnings. So our parents didn't grow up with financial planners um, or advisors. And so it was kind of uncharted territory for our families. And, but I think we could quickly see the difference it was making in my personal life, like making better decisions when we were buying our house and starting the process of saving um, better for retirement. And eventually that translated into making, helping my parents make better financial decisions and giving them a peace of mind that they didn't know they could have. And so yeah, they there was definitely support from the beginning, but it it grew with my career. You know, when I first took the job, it was just a job. It was just, oh, Rachel's just, you know, working at this firm, whatever. But eventually we started to see the real tangible difference it could make in all of our lives. 
I think that that that's awesome, right? You know, th- there tends to be sometimes this shroud of uncertainty relative to financial services. And I've talked a lot um, in the past about we tend to all get lumped into this big bucket of Wall Street, right? And people want to, you know, overly simplify stuff. And when I think about what we do, it is so personal. It is about lives and hopes and dreams and what matters to people and how do we use all of the financial skill and the technical expertise and the access to world-class money managers, all those things. But it starts from very personal conversations and individuals. And, you know, I think the more people that kind of understand that it, it opens up a different lens to the work we, we do and, and why we're so passionate about it. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the difference that my parents have seen in their personal lives, they are just such cheerleaders for the work that I do for other clients. You know, they're, they're so interested to hear what, you know, I'm learning when I'm, I'm currently studying for my CFP, so they're just really excited about that and interested to hear about how that's all tying into my career and stuff. It's they've been become really engaged with it with me. I love that, and I love that you know the the conversations can be about planning, short term, long term, things like that. It's not well. Do you have a hot stock, right? Right. You know, what, right what's totally. the latest? What what stock should I buy? No, we can pivot, <laughs> and these are real conversations about how do you plan appropriately for you know college education retirement all different types of of things that we know have huge impacts on the on the quality of people's lives so you've made this switch you're studying for the CFP you continue to you know channel your intellectual curiosity into you know designations and and skills and knowledge that will help you be even better at what you do now that you've made this switch um, and you've got years of experience in you know financial services and directly with financial planning and wealth management, you know what what's surprised you? You know you look back and see that evolution. You know what's what's one of the biggest surprises for you as you as you look at that experience? Yeah, one of the most important tools that we use as planners at Wellspire is financial planning software to help clients understand what their retirement will look like. And the biggest eye-opener for me by far is understanding that the income in your working years, you know, from your 20s, 30s to your 60s when you retire, it not only has to fund that life and pay for the groceries and keep the lights on and pay your mortgage and send your kids to school, but then you have this whole second life in retirement. You know, if you're lucky, you've got another 20, 30 years with you and your partner living an income where, you know, you don't have income coming in other than maybe social security. And now you have like another 30 years where those dollars that you were earning in your working years has to fund two lives really. And that was really eye opening to me. And there's, there's been several articles recently in the wall street journal about what a $1 million retirement looks like and what a $2 million retirement looks like. And it is not, <laughs> there's no yacht <laughs> in, that, <laughs> in that financial plan. And it's, it's, it was eye-opening to me how much it takes to support that many years of life. Yeah, I mean, a huge observation, and you know, I, I think there's a there's a, a financial planning element, which is just about are you going to be able to create the cash flow and the funding necessary to to fund that kind of longevity of life post retirement. I think the other thing is there, a lot of people tend to think of retirement as like that's the finish line, and yes. I think to your point, it's not. And it's about financial longevity and security. It's also about how do you live a life of purpose during mm-hmm. that next chapter, which like you said, can be 20, 25 plus years. So really yeah. going deep and understanding 
okay, I'm I'm working up until a point of time. I'm I'm creating you know, savings, but then what do I want that next chapter to look like in terms of purpose, in terms of, you know, financial security, you know, where I want to be, what I want to do. So I, I feel like, um, that's a really fertile place for us to have real conversations with people that get them early to think about it, right. Both through a financial lens and through, you know, what do they want that chapter to, to, to be like in terms of fulfillment. Yeah. Once I figured that out or, you know, realized that it's like, it makes me want to educate everybody. Like you have to start saving now. You have to you know make a plan. And it definitely made me start saving for retirement in a more serious way. I had, I had a very minimal savings before I started working here and now I take it very seriously and it's become a major goal for me. That's great. So you use the word education with clients. Let, let's circle back to that. I know at Wellspire we have a culture of you know continued learning. Um, we want to constantly be creating opportunities for our, our team members to enhance their technical skill sets, their emotional skill sets, all aspects of how we deliver value to each other and, and to our, our our clients. Um, how do you think about that in terms of of interaction with clients? Like you use the word educate. Uh, elaborate on that for me. Yeah, when you're in a client meeting and you're just making a simple recommendation of, you know, we'd like to reduce equities here and move into fixed income, it's not unusual for clients to say why and to want to know what is what is the thought process behind this? What have you taken into consideration? How does this impact me? Is this something you're doing with all your clients? Is this something that is just for my wife and my, you know, And so being able to explain why you've made the recommendation you've made, why it impacts this client in particular, speaking directly to their income, their taxes, their financial goals later in life, is it's all part of that education. It's all part of helping clients see how all of that is connected. And most of our recommendations are not simple. You know, they there's a lot of pieces to the puzzle that fit together. And if you don't consider one of the pieces, you don't have a complete puzzle. And when you give a re- recommendation to a client, it's not always obvious to them why you've come to that. And helping them go through the process with you of why you've made that decision, it gives them that peace of mind and it builds trust. You know, they're able to say, yeah, I agree with you. You know, you're right. I do I do want to reduce my tax bill this year, or I do want to make sure that I'm funding college for my kids. So making this move in my portfolio makes sense for me. I mean, I think that's huge. If they understand the why and the rationale behind it, they're fully invested in it. Um, and, I, and I think like, look, there's a subset of people. It's like, well, I'm the expert. I'm just going to tell you what to do. No, people want to be invested. They want to understand. They may not understand all aspects of every nuance of the technicalities, but giving them an understanding of the why is crucial to getting them fully invested. And, and to me, that speaks to the kind of relationships we build with clients. It's a true partnership, right? And and you know, both sides need to meet with that willingness to, you know, kind of mutually educate. And when we're trying to learn more about our clients so that we can do the best we can for them. So they need to be open and sharing and we need to provide that, you know, visibility into not just the outcomes and the actions, but the why behind it. So, you know, I, look, I, I feel like my entire career in financial services, I've always brought a lens of of education. You know, I've tried to absorb and learn as much as I, I can and be intellectually curious. And at the same time, share as much as I can with others. I know you're a huge proponent of, you know, us being a learning organization and sharing internally and with our clients. So 
that that's that's fantastic. Um, another question. So you're a great example. Um, I tend to fall into the same category of, of someone who didn't take a typical path to becoming, you know, an advisor, right? You, you didn't, you know, go to an undergraduate school, take a finance degree or a CFP program with a preconceived decision that you want to be an, an, an advisor. I love that you bring a different perspective to this industry. And I think that diversity of getting, you know, people with different backgrounds into this field, you mentioned you didn't know about it. Like there's a lot of people that don't know about career options that exist. And I feel like our, you know, the wealth management arena, being a financial planner is a really furtive, you know, fertile career for people of diverse backgrounds. You know, how can we do more to get more people aware of our industry get them excited about it. Like you said, you, you took an interview with zero expectations that you had any interest in it. And wait a minute, your your, your curiosity was intrigued and you found a, a great, um, not just a job, but a career, right? And, and you acknowledge that pivot that I, like at, at a certain point, I realized this isn't a job anymore. This is a career that I want to be in for a long time and I'm fully invested in it. How do we get more people to go down a path that, that, that you have? Yeah, I... For me, it's understanding that financial success or failure affects everyone. And because it affects everyone, we have a lot of different clients with a lot of different backgrounds and viewpoints, and they want to sit across the table from somebody that they can relate to, somebody that they can naturally just trust and connect with and they share hobbies with and you know they, they've traveled to the same places or whatever. And I think that's one of the many reasons why we take a team approach at Wellspire is giving clients access to multiple people that they can connect with, they can feel secure with, develop relations relationships with. Um, and also more recently, our firm has been putting out a lot more content from our investment team, our marketing team, and that gives clients visibility into all the departments that support the client-facing staff. You know, we have a really big investment team. It's like almost 20 people now, I think. And their whole function is to do the due diligence, do the research, help advisors make better decisions for their clients and understand the investments that are out there. And you don't have to enjoy working with clients directly, but you can still work in financial services. And there are so many different career paths in a firm like Wellspires. Yeah, I appreciate that. I mean, it's one of the benefits of, of being a, a, you know, a growing, scaling business, right? There's new opportunities that are popping up every day for people to contribute in ways that ultimately relates and into translates into value for for end clients. Um, Well, look, I think you're a wonderful example of somebody who didn't set out on a predestined path to be a part of financial services, but you're awesome at what you do. You do a ton of great work with our clients. You know, I feel fortunate to have you as part of our team. Thanks for joining the podcast and sharing a little bit about your your journey. Um, Thanks, Rachel. Thanks so much, Mike. Thanks for listening to this episode of Great Aspirations, presented by Wealthfire Advisors, a registered investment advisor and subsidiary company of NFP Corp. If you have feedback, including suggestions for future topics and guests, contact us at clientrelations at wealthspire.com.